Amen. You want to stand and worship with us this morning?
praise the Lord. I think we should lift up our hands and praise our God. Lift up his name. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Thank you, God, for your presence. Isn't God good to us to let us come to his house, have a good place of music and worship and praise? And uh, it's so good to see you here today. God bless you. I know we have some of you are new or are fairly new, and we want you to always remember you can get a copy of our bulletin. There's a special uh, section in it called At a Glance, and that is to keep us on target to know what is going on here at Stratford Heights and when and so forth. So on the back page, there's a little red arrow that says At a Glance, and you can find out, like, sometimes people want to know how often we have church, and we have just come from early service. Sunday morning, we have early service at 8.30, then the Sunday school hour at 9.30, and then the 10.30 service, mid-morning service, and then tonight at 6, and through the week there's services and things going on all week long. So we want you to look and see what you're interested in and things that you would like to come and be a part of our church. We love new people, and if you get out this morning, we're going to shake hands and greet one another. You find someone that you don't know, and you say, my name is... I used to do this, and the guys would get me. They'd all go, I'd say, my name is Liz. So they would get out and be a smart aleck and say, hello, my name is Liz. <laughs> so I don't want you young guys doing that this morning. I want you to tell them your name, introduce yourself, and greet them. It's wonderful to see you here. God bless you. So we want you to just step out of the aisles and start shaking hands and greet one another. And introduce yourself. God bless you.
Good morning. Oh, wait a minute. Now, let's start over. Good morning. Now, that's so much better. Amen. So good to see you in God's house. What are y'all doing? Making lunch reservations? I mean, what are y'all doing? I believe Liz's instructions were shake hands and be friendly, but she didn't say, like, plan out the calendar for the year. Just kidding. So glad to see you this Sunday morning. How many of you know you're blessed? You're blessed. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. If you belong to the Lord, you're blessed. That doesn't mean you don't have trial. Don't mean you don't have trouble. How many of you know that? I don't mean you're shielded from all that, but it does mean that when you go through it, you don't go through it alone. You go through it with the Lord, and the Lord will protect you. The Lord will keep you. You may be seated this morning. Well, I guess it would be appropriate to thank all of those who pray over their church and their pastors. How many of y'all pray for your pastors and your church? Amen. How many of you know that we're in a spiritual battle every day of your life? Don't let yourself be deceived or fooled. There is a battle that is raging, and we're right in the middle of it. But right here at Stratford Heights, I believe the Lord is doing something good. He's doing something big. I believe the Lord has got his hand on us. Well, I know he does. He spoke to me yesterday in my prayer time. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. I want to thank you, as I said, for, for prayers. Would be appropriate to mention that uh, three of your pastors, Cameron, Pastor Cameron, me, and Pastor Richard, were all uh, at a luncheon the other day, coming back from the luncheon, heading towards the office on 741 in Warren County when a lady on her phone crossed over the line and was left of center. And had not Cameron, would I believe, I, you know, you can say whatever you want, I, I can deal with your secularism, but I believe it's the prayers of God's people that caused Cameron to see her, to see her in a split second. And I don't remember anything except the wheel just jerking that wheel, turning to the right to go off the road before she just completely creamed into my car, Tear it, tore it up all the way from the side view mirror all the way to the back bumper, knocked us off the road, and kind of went on her way. Thankfully, about 30 minutes later, she did come back. But in the process of all of that, we were two seconds, two seconds away from a head-on collision that would have taken probably all three of us out. Both cars traveling, the speed limit was 55. We were both going about 50. And I believe the enemy would have loved nothing more than for the headlines to read three local pastors killed in head-on collision. But God. But God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I give God the praise. I give God the glory. And I thank him for intercessor prayer. Amen. But God, I like what Amy Reekman said. She sent me a text from her family. She said, the devil didn't even land a punch. She said, it was a swing and a miss. I believe in that today. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the lady who texted me yesterday, who didn't even know about the accident until yesterday. And she said, now she knows why on that morning she was interceding in prayer and it felt a burden to pray for the pastor. She was praying for her pastors. God had led her and she said, now I know why I was praying. How many of you believe that God is always at work? I believe that. And I'm so thankful for those who pray for us. That's why I said, I'm so thankful for those who pray. Thank you for praying for us. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go before the Lord in prayer right at the beginning of the service. We're getting ready to, to dedicate our babies. But I want to have special prayer. If you would stand with me for just a moment. Ron Van Orsdale, wonderful man of God. We love him here at our church. Always involved, sang in the, the voices of Psalm 95 choir. Just a wonderful gentleman, godly gentleman. Served as police chief over Middletown for many years. He is fighting for his life right now at UC Hospital. I'm going to be heading right down there as soon as church is over to be with his family. I want us to pray for him because he needs a miracle. I believe God is a miracle working God. Amen. So I want us to pray together for him and I want us to lift up Sister Pauline Dunkel who called yesterday and, and needed prayer. I want us to remember you. How many of you have an, uh, a need that you would just make known with an uplifted hand saying, Pastor, I want in on a prayer of faith for miracles. Amen. I believe he's a supernatural God. I don't believe he's just a religion. I don't believe that we just come here and pat a cake for about an hour, make ourselves feel good spiritually, and then we go home. I believe that we do war in the spirit. And I believe that we have, I've seen answered prayers. How many of you have ever had a prayer answered? God has answered a prayer for you. I believe in answered prayers. I don't believe, I believe people that don't understand all that are people that have never gotten down and dug down deep enough to find out how real God is. God is awesome and amazing. He spoke to me yesterday afternoon in my prayer time. I said, God, I said, I haven't really heard from you on this accident. I said, I want to know what you have to say about it. I know what everyone else is saying, but what are you saying about it? And the Lord spoke simple to me. He said, he said, you're here, aren't you? You say, how do you know? Because it just came down into my spirit. And I said, yeah. He said, that's all you need to know. You're here. The hand of God, I believe, is able to perform miracles. The Bible says in Psalm 91 that he sets his angels in camps around about those who love him, but sets his angels before you and behind you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. The Lord is there for those who trust him now. Those who walk around oblivious, those who walk around don't care anything about what God has to say. They've not given their life over to him in any way. They, don't, they, don't, they trust him about as much as they do the Democrats or the Republicans. Then they're not going to see any miracles. 
they're folks that'll laugh at you. But for those of us, how many would testify, I dug down deep enough and I've seen the miraculous hand of God. Amen. I have to. He spoke to me many times. I felt his presence and seen his work in my life and the life of my family. And I want to see him work right now. So I'm on, the Bible talks about the prayer of agreement and how that if two or three are gathered together in his name and his presence, there he is in their midst. But it says if two will agree and touch something, it'll be done. One can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So I want you right now, I want you to agree with me in prayer for Brother Ron Van Arsdale for these other needs. I'm believing God to perform a miracle today. How about you? Let's pray right now. Would you help me? Father, as we come before you, we honor you and lift you up as the only wise God. Lord, there is no magic formulas. There's no men, no women on this earth that have the power. God, all the power belongs to you. So we ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, your son who gave his life for us, that through his blood, the atoning blood, the the, the stripes, the Bible says, that were laid on his back were for the healing of the nations. So we pray today in the name of the Lord that you would touch and minister to Ron Van Arsdale. We're asking for a miracle for him this morning. We're asking for you to massage that heart in his body and begin, Lord, to see it be strong and do what it's supposed to do. We pray in the name of the Lord that you'll minister to him and his family. We're praying, God, like you parted the waters for the children of Israel. We're praying for that Red Sea to part in his life. We're praying, God, that you will touch him, minister in the name of Jesus, as we believe you to be a mighty and a powerful God. Would you perform a miracle for him? Would you touch him in the name of Jesus? And Lord, for every other hand that was lifted up, for every other need that we have, we lift those needs and circumstances up to you, knowing that you are a prayer-answering God. We give you honor and we give you praise and we thank you today for we say it, Lord, not in our own name, not by our, because of we're our goodness or anything that we've done. We pray it this morning in the name that is above every name, the name that provides us salvation, the name that provides us, Lord, eternal life. We pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you the honor and all the glory and the praise. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise for hearing us today. Amen. While you're standing, if those who are coming to dedicate their babies, if you would come, bring in your families, your friends with you. We want you to come and, and be a part of the baby dedication as well. Otherwise, you can be seated. The Bible says in Mark chapter 10, Verses 13 through 16. It says, And they brought young children to him, meaning Jesus, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And he said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took him, took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. 
Children are a gift from God. We believe this and we know it to be true. God has entrusted you with a life. He's given you this precious little child. In your care will come the, the ministry, the teaching, the discipleship. That child will fear the Lord in an awesome way, meaning reverence the Lord in their life. And through your teaching, they'll come to know the Lord as their own personal Savior. What a responsibility. God has given you a gift. His children are only borrowed. They belong to him. But he's entrusted you. The Bible says, if any lack wisdom, let him ask of the Lord that gives liberally. The Lord will help you. The Bible also says, train up a child in the way that he will go. When he's old, he won't depart. God has a plan for your child. And today, your church, we believe in you. We believe in the work that you're doing and the gift that God has given to you. And we want to be a part of blessing and helping you in blessing that baby. As you dedicate your child to the Lord this morning, you are doing one of the greatest things that you can possibly do. Jesus rebuked the disciples and said, no, let them come. And by the way, this is the way the kingdom of heaven will always look. Innocent and pure, like a beautiful, brand new little baby. We as your church are honored to join you in the celebration, the honor and the gift that you hold in your arms. And we're excited to pray with you today as you dedicate and give that baby to the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you, we know we we bring these babies to you, asking your work to be accomplished and done in their lives. Thank you for the gift that they are. Thank you for the sweetness and the beauty that they bring to their parents and to their home. We ask you to keep your hand on all of them as we dedicate each one individually to you today, seeking the blessing of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Bethany Hope Turner. Okay, sweetie. You might remember this little lady spent the first four, the first six, I forgot she had to go back. The first six months of her life, she was in the NIC unit at the Children's Hospital. She has had all kinds of procedures, and there were a couple of times we weren't sure how the outcome was going to be. But I want you to take a look at God's word. She's a miracle. take you back to the week that everything turned around and prayer changed everything. She's a little miracle and cute as she can be. And she loves her pastor. She told me that, didn't she? Yeah. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come before you this morning, we dedicate little Bethany to you. We thank you, Lord, for the gift that she is to this home. Lord, how she has stirred up faith in all of us, touched our hearts, God. We ask you as we dedicate her 
We give her to you today in this altar. We ask your blessings to be upon her. I pray, Father, that she will learn and know of you, accept you as her Savior at a young age. Lord, we know that you have a plan and a destiny for her. We have sensed that and felt that from the day she was born. We pray, God, that you will keep your hand on her, guide her, and order her steps all of her life as we honor you and bless your name, Father, in the name of Jesus. And as I give her back to her parents, I pray over them, Lord. I pray the blessing and strength that they need. Lord, it's been a trying year for them. I pray that you will bless and touch their lives. Keep them in all their ways. And may they see this miracle as God's love and touch over their heart and their lives. Touch their entire family. And I pray this in the name of Jesus as we dedicate her to you today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's see if I can remember this guy's name. Brooks Abram Johnson. He just happens to be my little great nephew, so that's how I know him. You all have to see over here. There we go. Oh, you're in there. There you go. Beautiful little baby. Beautiful little son. Let's pray. Father, we pray for little Brooks today. We honor you and thank you for the gift that he is to this family. Lord, we dedicate him to you, honor you, and thank you for your hand upon his life. I pray he will be protected, that, Lord, you will guide and direct his every step. Order his life, Lord, into the destiny and the plan that you have for him. Keep him from all harm. Let your work be accomplished and done, that he will know you as his Savior from a very young age. Keep him, Lord, in all of his ways to fulfill your work and your plan for him. I thank you for the gift that he is. I pray over him today in the name of Jesus. As I give him back to his parents, Lord, I thank you for your hand upon them. I thank you, Father, that you're directing and ordering their steps to raise this young man up to be a godly man, to fear the Lord and to honor the Lord with his life. I thank you for this truth over them. Give them wisdom, give them your grace, and keep them in all their ways as they accept this charge. And Lord, they have committed and dedicated themselves to the task in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray for all their family, everyone gathered here today, that you will touch their lives, honor them, direct their steps, their words, their lives, Lord, to pour in and be an impact on this wonderful child. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. This is little Brody. Oh, we'll get that out there. Little Brody Dale William Baker. Look at this. Huh? I love watching your faces. You never do that when I get up to the pulpit. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father, as we bring this precious little Brody to you. We pray in the name of Jesus that you'll touch his life. Lord, we commit and dedicate him today to you in this altar, praying your blessings, your strength, your grace to be on him. Touch his life, order his steps, keep him from all harm. Let the blessing and the strength of God be his. May he know you from a very young age as his Lord and Savior. And God, keep him in all of his ways, protecting him and guiding him every day into the plan and the destiny 
that you have for him as they give him back to his parents, Lord. I thank you for their hearts and their love towards you. Give them wisdom. Give them the anointing they need. Keep them and let them be strong. Lord, in their faith to guide and direct his steps along with all of their children. Lord, into your plan and work for them. I pray over them. Give them that grace and that wonderful strength that they need from your hand. And all of these family members, touch them, bless them, strengthen them to be a beautiful impact on this young man's life as he becomes the godly man you've intended him to be. We dedicate him to you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> We waited a while on her. We were so excited. We started celebrating the day we heard the news. And it went on for nine months waiting. Little Ellie Nicole Short. Look how pretty. Oh, my goodness. You know you want to see this. There you go, guys. There you go. So cute. My good guy. Father, we pray for little Ellie. We lift her up to you. Pray, God, that you will touch and lay your hand on her. She needs her mama, Lord. <laughs> but we do pray over her in the name of Jesus. Lord, will you touch her, minister to her life, and keep her in all of her ways. Protect her from harm, God. Let the anointing of your Holy Spirit guide and direct her steps every day. The angels of God before her and behind her. Keep her from all harm. Let the destiny and plan you have for her unfold without hindrance. And Lord, let her come to know you at a very young age as her Savior and her Lord. I pray over in the name of Jesus, asking the blessing, the strength, and the grace of God to follow her all the days of her life. We dedicate her today to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray over the family. I thank you for this beautiful couple. Lay your hand on them as they serve you in ministry and love you, Lord. Give them grace. Give them strength. Give them wisdom that comes from your hand. Bless and touch their lives as they pour into her and raise her up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Lay your hand upon them and all these wonderful family members, God, that love you and serve you faithfully. Touch them. Anoint them as they, Lord, make an impact of amazing strength over this young lady's life guide and direct their steps as they as a family raise her up to be a godly young lady. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it and we pray today as we dedicate her to you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen.
talking about is, number one, can I just say, I went over into the, our nursery is open today, our toddler nursery, and all the way from pre-K down, and I walked over, and they were checking in, and, and I was looking at the system and the procedure, and I walked back into the classrooms, and I was walking back down through every classroom, and by the time I got to the end, I was in tears. I could not believe it. I looked in on the kids as they were playing in the floor and with all the new equipment and the new things there, and I just give God praise. It's so beautiful to see what he's doing back there. Amen. This is Jim and Holly Jackson. You might know them by their four young men that, that uh, have taken the church by storm. They, these guys are, are folks that just jump right in and they, they're not ones to sit back. They want to do something right away. And so they have been actively pursuing ministry in our church. And uh, I love the fact that they just, they just constantly are always just asking, you know, and looking for a way to be involved, to serve. They jump right in in every way. But one of the things, they come to us with an extensive ministry experience in children's ministry. They were a children's pastor for many years, and uh, they have come to us. Uh, if you might remember June Jackson, who was part of our church for so many, many years, uh, this is her son, Jimmy. Now, he used to have hair, but... Um, <laughs> It was Natalie last evening, little um, Missy and, and Jason's daughter, who looked and she was talking about everyone's hair. She asked me how mine had turned gray. And uh, then she looked at him and I said, well, what about him? And she said, his hair went to heaven. <laughs> On Wednesday nights, they are going to be taking the new facility, turning it into Reboot which is a children's ministry outreach that's going to be amazing. We have a wonderful team that works on Sunday as well, our orange team that's been working in children's ministry on Sunday, and they're doing a fantastic job. Now we have a great program. We've had some faithful folks who've worked so diligent for many years in children's ministry on Wednesday night. They are joining together with Jim and Holly to create a brand new, beautiful ministry to kids. So it's going to be starting this Wednesday night is reboot and so as you saw from the video it's going to be an amazing amazing time so i'm excited to welcome them on the team as part of our staff for children's ministry so i want you to welcome them as well and thank them for being a part now, also they are going to be starting something else jim and holly were very active in what is you might remember or know what's called an upwards program how many of you ever heard of upwards five people okay <laughs> five no uh, upwards program is a, is a program for for children in sports ministry and so it's a pretty much a national program that's been successfully run in many different churches well they have a twist to that they kind of do their own upwards kind of program and it's going to be called higher hoops so they're going to be doing this program for us in january we've had some wonderful programs especially summer programs that we love and we're we're wanting to get back to those, but we also got uh, this wonderful winter program that's going to be starting in January that we're excited about them being a part in running this program for kids. I want Jim to take a minute, tell us about what Higher Hoops really is and how we can be involved here at Stratford Heights. Let's show the video. Let's get ready to rumble!
hoops is a um, is very intentional. It has a has a intentional purpose. As uh, Pastor just said, we, we've spent a lot of years, many years, in uh, children's ministry. Higher Hoops is an extension of children's ministry. It's geared towards children. Um, how many believe that children are a vital part to the life of our church? <laughs> we're, we're in agreement then. And um, actually, the stats are staggering. I'm a stat guy. I love stats. And actually, 90% of adults that attend church, attended church as children. 85% of people that believe what they're going to believe for the rest of their life will have done so by the age of 13. And it drops drastically after 13. So it kind of gives us a new respect for our youth pastor and, and what he has to, and the, the challenge that he has. So Higher Hoops is, an, is a very intentional. It is geared for two things. Um, one, to learn about the game of basketball. I'm 6'4". I like basketball. Um, but it's not just about basketball. Basketball is the tool that we're using for our second point, and that is to teach kids that God wants to be a part of everything that we do. And if it's important to us, that includes basketball, it's important to God. So that is, that, that, that is what Higher Hoops is geared towards. Now... Uh, Pastor did compare it, and it is comparable to the Upward program, if you've heard of Upward. But where Higher Hoops separates itself from Upward is it's our own. This is our own brand. Nobody, you will never hear anybody say, oh, they do Upward at my, you'll hear a ton of people say, they do Upward at my church, they do Upward at this church, they do Upward at, they do upward at several different locations. You'll never hear somebody say, oh, yeah, they do Higher Hoops at my church. Not unless they attend here, they don't. It'll be our, it, this is our own brand. So when people hear of Upward, or, I mean of Higher Hoops, they're going to associate that with Stratford Heights. And I'm sorry, I'm maybe biased, but I think we have the best church. And, and it's my belief that the church we have is a direct extension of our leadership and, and the, the pastoral staff that we have. So... I am very proud of this program. Uh, I ran a program like this in South Dakota for, many, for a couple of years. We had a tremendous success, and I believe we can do the same thing here. Um, it does a couple things. One, like I said, it teaches kids that they want to, that, that God wants to be a part of everything that we do, but it also helps our church and helps church growth, and it's church outreach. Because I believe that there are more kids in Middletown, Ohio, and the surrounding areas that still need to hear about the love of Jesus Christ. Yes, amen. So that's what up it is. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Love you guys. Amen. One more time, give them appreciation. Thank them for jumping in. There's nothing more awesome than, than just jumping in and being a part in ministry and wherever you find yourself to serve. I love that. And you have that ability as well. We have several new ministries we're getting ready to launch another one in January that I'll be telling you about that's just going to be amazing. So we're excited at the potential of what all God is doing here. And I'm just believing that God's going to bring us all together to do as much as we can possibly do for every age group, for every person who needs the message of Jesus Christ. Because the number one reason we do it all is so that the gospel message of Jesus Christ can be spread to every boy, girl, man, 
woman on the earth. Amen? That's our heart today. The ushers are coming, and as they get ready to serve you, I would ask you, if you would, to stand with me one more time for prayer. As we pray for the state of Israel, and we pray for the country of the United States of America. Probably one of the most important elections that we'll ever see in our lifetime will happen Tuesday. It's important that we have the mind of God as we head to the voting box. My prayer is that God will guide and direct my steps, my thoughts, and my vote. I want God to lead our country. I want God's hand to be on our country. And I want revival in the USA. I'm determined that the church can make a difference. The church can make a difference. So I want us to pray today, not only for the state of Israel, who I believe. The Bible says, if you seek the good of Israel, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be cursed. That's scripture. The Bible also tells us that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that that is our responsibility as believers. And so we take that serious. I want to be on the side of God's blessings. I want to be on the side of his work in the earth. Amen. So let's pray together. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we come to pray for the state of Israel. We lift her up to you and pray you will protect and keep her borders. That Lord, you will touch this little tiny country surrounded by her enemies for thousands of years. But yet she stands today. No one could ever doubt that your hand is upon her. God, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we seek her good. We pray for her borders. We pray for her leaders. We pray for her mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. We pray for her, her soldiers on every border patrol. We pray that God, you will keep her and that you will bless her because Lord, she is part of your end day plan. We honor you and we bless your name and thank you that we, the Gentile church, is a part of the work that you're going to do in these last days. Keep your hand on Israel, we pray in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray a prayer of intercession for the United States. Lord, I'm thankful for our country. I'm thankful for the freedoms that we have fought for. I'm thankful, God, that you have kept your hand on us through every war, through every depression, through every crisis and tragedy. Lord, you've always blessed and kept America strong. We're believing today, Lord, that the hand of God is upon the believers and upon this country. I believe, God, because of the founding principles of this country, we still can look to the heavens for our help. I pray that you will touch and minister, especially through this election year, that, Lord, next week as we all gather together and do our duty and responsibility as Christians, that, Lord, we will vote and we will stand for what we know to be the mind of God as you have given it to us in our hearts and through your word. I pray that you will touch us today. Let your work be accomplished. Let your presence, your power be known. And, God, keep your hand on the United States of America. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As our ushers are coming to serve you, we pray over the offering this morning. And Lord, we ask your blessings, your strength to be upon those who have come prepared today with their tithe, with their missions giving, Lord, with their offering. I pray that you will bless each of them, for Lord, they are part of what keeps this church making a difference around the world. 
So we honor you today and thank you for every gift and for every giver. In Jesus' name, amen.
How many of you know he's great this morning? Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Because it's your breath. It's your breath. It's your heartbeat. You are the strength of my life. I honor your name this morning. A few moments ago, I placed a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. And as I stepped back and stood during the moment of silence that followed, I said a small prayer. And it occurred to me that each of my predecessors has had a similar moment. And I wondered if our prayers weren't very much the same, if not identical. We celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I, the armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. And I wonder, in fact, if all Americans' prayers aren't the same as those I mentioned a moment ago. Sometime back, I received, in the name of our country, the bodies of four Marines who had died while on active duty. I said then, that there is a special sadness that accompanies the death of a serviceman, for we're never quite good enough to them. Not really, we can't be, because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is remember. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. And all we can do is remember. Each new day carries within it the potential for breakthroughs, for progress. Each new day bursts with possibilities. And so hope is realistic and despair a, a pointless little sin. 
and peace fails when we forget to pray to the source of all peace and life and happiness. I think sometimes of General Matthew Ridgway, who, the night before D-Day, tossed sleepless on his cot and talked to the Lord and listened for the promise that God made to Joshua, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Today as never before, we must pray for God's help in broadening and deepening the peace we enjoy. Let us pray for freedom and justice and a more stable world. And let us make a compact today with the dead, a promise in the words for which General Ridgway listened, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. In memory of those who gave the last full measure of devotion, may our efforts to achieve lasting peace gain strength. Thank you. God bless you all, and God bless America. Amen. You may be seated. Not just because holiday, but because we honor you, and we salute you, every veteran, everyone in this house this morning that served in the armed services, I want you to stand. I want you to remain standing. you to remain standing and I would ask if you have a son or a daughter if you have a husband a wife if you have a family member who is serving in the armed services would you stand Remain standing. 
I want to say something to you. First of all, I want to say thank you, which seems so shallow, but thank you anyhow. We honor our veterans today. This week, our country will acknowledge you, but let it not be said in your church that we do not appreciate you and thank you for laying your life on the line so that we could be free. Thank you for that. Freedom. Freedom, how many of you know this? Freedom is never free. Freedom is never free. Today is never before, especially in a community, a country, a society that has gotten away from its respect for those who have served our country or those who served in, as first responders in many ways. Seems like it's a day and time when there's a little less respect than there should be and a little less appreciation than there should be. So we want you to know we honor you, we thank you. You have borne the weight of our freedom on your back. Our way of life is protected by your willingness to put yours on the line. We owe you a great debt of gratitude. A couple of things others have said that I wanted to quote this morning. Elmer Davis said this, this nation will remain the land of the free only so long as it is the home of the brave. It's easy to take liberty for granted when you've never had it taken away from you. I'll say that again. It's easy to take freedom for granted, liberty for granted, when you've never had it taken away from you. George Patton said, courage is fear holding on a minute longer. Jose Norosco said, in war, there are no unwounded soldiers. We often take you for granted, but we don't today. We honor you. We thank you. We want you to feel loved today. We want you to feel the appreciation and the love in our hearts as we pray for the blessings and the strength of God over yours. In the name of, the, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen? Amen. Thank you one more time. Amen. You may be seated. John chapter 15 and verse 13 says, No greater love as no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. No greater love hath any man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. In honor of Veterans Day, and because I felt led of the Lord to do this, I want to talk to you about the cry, the courage in the cry for warriors. I'm going to take you to the Old Testament to look at a, a young man that might resemble some of us today. It's an Old Testament scripture with a New Testament mandate. We are to trust the Lord. We're to lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge Him, and He'll what? He'll direct our path. We're to trust in the Lord and to honor Him with our lives and listen closely to His commands. We're all called 
to be soldiers. We're all called to be warriors. We believe in the church of God in the whole Bible rightly divided. We're a New Testament church with an Old Testament principle and foundation of God who will never fail. We believe in his principles, his power. And we believe that he will keep us as we have courage and continue to fight in this battle I mentioned earlier. I want to read from scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn to Judges chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. This will be my text this morning. It's going to take us to a little wine press where a little young man is there feeling the weight of the world, hiding from his enemies and wondering if there was anything good about him. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Let me read that verse again. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Father, we ask your blessings upon your word this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. On this day that we honor soldiers, I believe there's a message that I believe the Lord would speak and challenge our hearts with. A message for us to get down deep inside of our own spirits. I don't know what it's like to sign your name on a piece of paper knowing that it could end your life. I have no idea what it's like to walk down that long hallway of a processing station or to check out your first bunk where someone before you may have been there and never came home. I know it takes faith. It takes the faith of a soldier. I don't know what it's like to step on a plane and wonder if you'll ever come back home again. I have no idea what it's like to hug your little child and wonder if you'll ever feel the warmth of their embrace again. But it takes the faith of a soldier. It takes faith, great faith. It's with this mentality that I call out to all of us because the parallel is amazing when you look at it in light of the battle that we're fighting in the spirit. We're all soldiers. We're all warriors. We're all fighting a good fight. And we can learn a lot from our veterans. We can learn a lot from their code of conduct. We can learn a lot from their loyalty. We can learn a lot from their sacrifice. They teach us in many ways how we honor God in our own lives and how we live to a standard that is different than those who don't understand the standards at all. I'm not the kind of guy who sees a demon behind every trash can. I'm really not. But I do believe that we are in a spiritual warfare. And if you don't know that, then let's, let's pray you get woke up today. Evil is on every side. There is hatred, bitterness, violence, rage. A country that has never been more divided 
since I've been alive. A country that literally we don't know, we've seen the oppression and we've seen the persecution and we've seen the torture around the world, but it was always through the lens of photography and news reports. But it's only now that it's come home to us. We said that it would. Years ago, preachers preached that it would, that one day it would come to America, that one day we would have riots and rage and we would have violence. We would have the kind of death that you only hear and see about overseas. But it's now come home, which is why I'm, I'm led by the Holy Spirit this morning to announce to you that if you are able, I would like you to be here tonight at 6 o'clock because for 48 hours, the Lord has impressed on my life. I have a message that I'm intending, I've intended to preach this evening, but the Lord has laid it on my heart for the last 48 hours that I need to call a solemn assembly of prayer tonight. So I'm asking you to come. We'll have some scripture, we'll have some instructions, and we're going to pray very specific prayers for the intercession that's needed in our country. It's been reported, if you saw the news this morning, it's been reported that ISIS has declared they want election day in the U.S. to be the highest, most horrific massacre day in all of their history of attacking Americans. That's to strike fear in our hearts so that we'll all stay home. But that makes me more determined than ever to ride on the wings of faith to the voting ballot box. I'm more determined than I've ever been, knowing that the enemy even tried this week to kill three of your pastors. I'm more determined that because he messed up, because, Amy, he swung and he missed, I'm going to make it worth our while. I'm going to make it worth God's while. I've decided I'm going to keep score, and I'm going to keep praying and keep preaching and keep doing the work of God in this city. I'll show the enemy why he should have done a better job at strategizing his attack. Because now that he's lost this one, now granted, don't worry, I'm, I'm not stronger than the enemy. I'm not going to fight the enemy. But I already know who has already won the victory for me. His name is Jesus Christ, and I am serving him with all of my heart. And I will not bow down to fear. I will not bow down to silence and compromise. I will not be one of those Christians that hides their light under a bushel. I will not be one of those who remain silent. I will stand and I will declare that God is on the throne. He is mighty, he is powerful, and he is real. He's real. And that's another thing. Yes, I still got the group. I've had it. This will be my fourth week. And somebody said to me yesterday, they said, well, surely you'll find someone else to speak for you. And something rose up inside of me, and I said, nope. If I got to preach like Froggy from our gang, I'm going to get up and declare that God is awesome and mighty. And I'll be right there, right in this pulpit, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not letting anything shut me up. I'm not going to let anything shut me down. I'm going to stand up. And when it's all said and done and the dust settles, ladies and gentlemen, every Christian is going to be walking streets of gold, shouting, the redeemed have come home and the saints have won. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. The world thinks they've scared us silent. 
silent majority. They think that we're quiet. We're going to sit back and be afraid. I ain't afraid. I ain't afraid of any devil. I ain't afraid of any human being. I'm not afraid of anything this morning because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The power of God in us. Wasn't it Elijah? Elisha who looked at his servant who was scared to death and he was standing there and he was crying out, Elisha, we need to hide. We need to go into hiding. We need to get away. The enemy is all around us. Look at the chariots everywhere that are standing ready to attack us. They're looking for you, Elisha. We got to get out of here. And Elijah sat there like I want to be. Oh, I want to be this so bad. Tyler, this is, this is who I want to be. Elisha looked at him, probably picking teeth from his lunch. And he said, Father, I pray that you will open the eyes of your servant. Let him see now what is all around us. He said, let him see that there are more that be for us than are against us. And in that moment, that servant's eyes were opened. And he looked and saw chariots of fire. In numbers you couldn't count, all stacked around that mountain, made the enemy's numbers pale in comparison. If you and I will just understand this morning, there is more that is for us than who are against us. And we stand among those that are of the redeemed. You stand among those who are of the blood washed from thousands and thousands of years and generations. You stand with grandparents and great-grandparents. And I've got a great-great-grandmother who was a Pentecostal Christian. That woman literally laid the groundwork all the way through the generations to my family. I would love, I can't wait till I get to heaven and I get to look at Grandma Branch and I get to say, I was a preacher and you were the one who raised up great-grandma and great-grandma this and grandma that and my mom and now I'm a, I'm a preacher because you stood the test and you stayed faithful. I can't wait to look back. I'm telling you, you got more that's on your side than you'll ever have against you. You've got the angels of God. You've got the cloud of witnesses that the Bible talks about that are standing ready. You've got ministering angels. You've got more to stand for in God's army than you'll ever see or have in this earth. Why, if you had any idea how much help is right here, I believe with all my heart somebody says, well, it was coincident. I don't know why I just had a list, but it was just coincidence that you were traveling up that highway, three pastors in the car. It's just coincidence that you were traveling up that road going 50 miles per hour. Speed limit was 55. We were okay. It was just coincidence that that lady is coming up over the hill looking at her phone. Just coincidence that she happens to be in your lane right when you were getting ready to come up, up over a hill ready to be killed. It was just coincidence that she was distracted. You can say that if you'd like. But I look at it completely different. Because the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I think that can translate over to every mile that the Christian drives is ordered of the Lord. 
the woman, Cameron and I agreed, and we talked about it among ourselves, and Richard knew this too. We, we sensed something really wrong with the situation with this lady. First of all, she knocks us off the road, runs, off, runs us off. We're pot, we could be dead for all she knew. And she just goes on. Never stopped, didn't turn around, didn't care to ask how we were, nothing. And I, about that time, I'd already called my insurance. I'd already told the policeman it's a hit and run. We'd already, the fire trucks were there, the ambulances were there, all these people were there, and everybody was there except the lady that hit us. And then about 30 minutes later, she rolls up, wobbling in the car, or, or her van that she was in. She wouldn't talk to us. We were kind of warned to, to don't go near her car. She didn't care how we were. She didn't want to talk to us. And since then, it's even been a bigger nightmare. She will take no responsibility. She says she don't know who hit who. And she's fighting it tooth and nail. I looked at the sheriff and I said, would you tell her that I'm not mad at her, that I'm a pastor? And he said, it won't matter. You look at that kind of a situation and I felt, I didn't know why the lady texted me and said, I didn't know why I was praying for you, Pastor, but I was interceding for you all morning. I was just in the intercession. I didn't know what it was, but I know now what it was. I thought that was amazing and beautiful. But I know that that was the reason why. And I believe, because of the scriptures, I believe that I can say to you that in that split second, because you see, had Cameron not yelled out, I would have kept on going. And had I kept on going, that woman's driver's seat would have been in my driver's seat. And we would have had a head-on collision. And all three of us pastors would have been in that car. Two seconds. But two seconds was like the Red Sea parting. Two seconds was like manna falling from heaven. Two seconds. Two seconds. And deliverance came immediately. Granted, my car didn't feel that there was anything supernatural happening at that moment. But I don't like the car anyway, so I'm just praising God. <laughs> Brother Pitts, I'm going to get my Cadillac yet someday. <laughs> Power of God at work. The enemy that comes. He'll send wolves, he'll send thieves, he'll send robbers, he'll send preachers with a false word, he'll send all kinds of liars, he'll send deceivers, he'll send women, men, he'll send people, he'll even work his demons to do everything in his power to rob you, to steal from you, and to kill you. He will use whatever means he can to get you off track, distracted, so that you can so that he can make you the, the end of his own rebellion against God. But the Lord said, the thief comes in whatever manner they come. To kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come. He said, I, and I like to, I like to read the version that says, I am come. Because that takes me back to when Moses said, who shall I say has sent me? 
And God said, you just tell them I am sent you. And right there, Jesus, speaking to his disciples, says the thief comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. But I am come to bring you life and to bring it more abundantly. I'm telling you this morning, I'm keeping score. I'm going to keep score. I'm headed right down to the hospital as soon as we get done with service, and I'm going to keep score. I'm going to do everything in my power to pray for you and for your families. We're going to do everything in our power to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and preach it not in a way that's watered down to look like some religion. I'm talking about a powerful God who is able to speak to the elements, to speak to the influences and circumstances of your life. You want to know why there's such a battle and a fight in this world today? Because there is an enemy that is fighting against the work of God. And But there is a God and there are angels of God and the work of the Holy Spirit that is at work. And this battle is raging all around us. And those who are empowered by God, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Witnesses what? Witnesses to the fact that he's a mighty, awesome, delivering, saving God. That's what I'm a witness to, Brother Gary. I'm a witness to his power. I'm a witness to his salvation. I'm not ashamed. I like, I like what Paul said when he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. I love the fact that he doesn't have any more important person over here than he has over there. That's what I love about Christ. Jesus Christ said, whosoever will, let him come. God loves all people. And I am so thankful that we serve a church that has moved beyond the box of religious junk. And we have moved into the power of knowing that he's a real God on his throne. And he won't shut me up. I'll just take another drink. He's a powerful and awesome and a mighty God. And I want you to know that this morning. There's something to be, when you start digging deep, when you start looking in to the work of God and what he can do, you'll get a courage about you. Gideon didn't have a courage at first. He was hiding out in the wine press. He was, man, he was trying to hide from his enemy. And a lot of Christians and a lot of churches today, man, they do a lot of hiding. They do a lot of talking down. They, they want to put on a nice little cutesy show for you. And then they don't want you to get serious about anything. They don't want to have to pray over anything. Why? As a matter of fact, they kind of say stuff like, oh, all that power stuff and, and all that healing stuff and, and all that, that Holy Ghost stuff. Man, that, that's, that's, not, that's not real. Man, let's just be cool. Let's chill out. Let's have a club. Let's all get together and just have a cute little rock band and everybody wear whatever they want. And, we'll all, and, and you can do that here too, by the way. I only do this because of you. I'd be in my jeans in a heartbeat if I could. I don't think God looks at my jeans not one minute more than he looks at my suit. You know? <laughs> you believe that too? Good, good. I do this for you. The Bible says God don't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. So God's looking at my heart. And I, I think he's seen a lot of people in dress clothes that were pretty stinky on the inside. And I think he's looked at a lot of folks with holes in their jeans and thought they were saints. I believe that the Lord is not looking at the outward appearance. He's looking at my heart. But I believe, and I believe in the power of God.
to transform and to change people's lives. I believe in that power to make a difference, and that's the God that I serve. I'm glad I'm in a church and I'm in a, a, a community that genuinely believes we can make a difference. We can be responsible for changes. I believe that we, as we pray, and this evening, like as I said, I felt led. I felt for the last 48 hours to call you together for prayer because I believe that when we join together in prayer, we can make an impact on what's happening in our community. And we may be able to make a difference worldwide. We don't even know the effects of what can happen when one child of God, everywhere I look in words, Cindy, all through that word, it was one Esther. It was one Moses. It was one Joshua. Everywhere there was somebody, a David, who would stand up. The entire army of Israel is shaken in their boots, the Bible says. They're standing there scared to death of Goliath. But one little David steps up and says, you come at me with your sword and with your spear, with your, with your shield, and I come to you in the name of the God of the armies of Israel. When you got it right down inside, you can by yourself make a difference. I know when I need to refresh. You can make a difference all by yourself. Everywhere I look in the Word, it was one. The Bible says that Esther came. It said, for such a time as this. Have you ever cried out and said, I want to be the one that makes a difference, God. I want to be one that's empowered. I want to be one who's making a change wherever I go. I want to light up a room. I want to be somebody who when they walk in, man, darkness runs and the enemy has to flee. I want to be one that makes a difference. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you can be the warrior. You can be the soldier. You can be the one that can make a difference. God is looking for those who will endure hardness, he said, as a good soldier. He's looking for warriors. He's looking for little grandmas and little grandpa, big grandpas who will get on their knees and get a hold of God. Because let me tell you, what makes a difference in the kingdom is not necessarily those with all the ability and all the talent. It's those who know how to get on a bended knee and have a time of prayer with God and can get a hold of the Lord and make a difference. You want to make a difference in the church? You want to make a difference for the kingdom? You want to be somebody who is able to make a difference in the world? Then be somebody who knows how to get in your closet and have prayer and know how to do war on your knees. Man, I know it's hurting you to hear me. I'm sorry. Lord, give me clarity. <clears throat> but I feel this all the way to my feet. I'm asking you to come tonight. There is no greater thing. I got a great message. I think you'd amen me all night tonight. I think it would be so cool. But I'm telling you, what's more important is that we affect the difference. Tuesday is an important day in this country. And I'm believing that God is calling our church to intercession. I believe he's calling us to prayer. I believe he's calling us to make a difference on our knees, to get a hold of God. I think there will be more done this evening in a prayer meeting than there would ever be with three songs and a good message from the preacher. I believe the Holy Spirit can empower us to make a big difference if we learn how to pray. We're going to pray. The Bible says be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You think he don't want to kill you? You think he ain't trying to kill you? He hates you. He actually 
is very, you, you don't care about you at all. I mean, a lot of people think sometimes that they're so important that, you know, the Cindy, say amen whenever I get to your place of youth. Cindy knows. Some people just, they think, you know, the whole world revolves around them. devil don't care about you. But he knows what you represent and that he cares about. He knows who you're standing for, who you're fighting for. He cares about that. Every time you sing in worship, every time, and listen, every time you open up your mouth and begin to sing, or even when you get on those drums and you start banging them for God's glory and you're sounding like a millionaire up there, every time you get a hold of that, I'm telling you, the devil knows then what's going on. The devil's aware then what's happening in the spirit. He knows when things, he knows when angels are all stirred up. He knows when a mama's on her knees praying and God's dispatching an army of angels out to the north, the south, and the east and west. He knows when something like that's happening and that's he hates. He wants to stop that more than anything. He's seen us as we built this thing out here and I cried this morning as I'm back there looking at how it's going to affect our babies and our children and our ministries to young people. I'm looking at all that. I'm looking at all of y'all laughing and connecting over there in the in the cafe, some of you were crying and reading your Bible. I love when I saw a man reading his Bible at the cafe. I took a private picture of him because I wanted to keep that forever. That's exactly what we want, a place of connection, a place where we're going to get together. See, the devil wants to isolate us. He wants to keep us apart. He don't want us to get in fellowship with one another. He wants us to sit back and be alone and feel like we're the only one and we're fighting a good fight. But it was God who looked at Elijah and said, I still have 7,000 that have not a bow to knee over here and there are I will always have a people God's got you and if we'll get together and be in fellowship together be unified as we've seen all throughout the word everywhere they were unified something amazing happened in the supernatural if you and I will get those things squared away we'll be a good soldier we'll be dedicated to the work that God is doing in this community if we'll do that this church has yet to see what God is going to do through the ministries to this community and to this world. We're going to make a difference. I said we're going to make a difference. I'm believing it with all my heart and I'm so excited I can't hardly stand it. I've had all kinds of people calling me. All kinds of people saying, man, what is happening over there? We had a guest speaker, the ladies conference. How many of you ladies went to the conference this weekend? Look at you, goodness gracious. Bunch of you. I heard the power of God fell in this place. I heard the power of the Lord was here ministered to you all. Amen. Sister Jamie Massey came. Wonderful. First thing she said to me, she said, oh, I wanted to meet you. I was like, you wanted to meet me? You were like famous. I said, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm the pastor. She goes, I know exactly who you are. She goes, I wanted to meet you. She goes, what in the world's going on over here? She goes, I just hear all over the country all the things that are happening at Stratford Heights. I'm like, you did? You can't stop it when the power of God is working. Man, I'm telling you, you, I look, Molly, you think back to Grandma and Grandpa. Man, they started this, this church, this very church on their front porch. And look where God has taken it. Look what's happening right now. Woo, Sister Kathy, look what's happened. Took your picture next to the Auburn Street Cafe in honor of your family. It's amazing to think God takes one, two people and turns it into an army that is anointed 
and is led by his spirit and makes a difference. You want to make a difference where you are? Then you need to remember whose you are. You need to remember who you belong to and give your heart and life and trust back to God. It wasn't until later in the story, and I wish I could go into my 18 pages typed. That's right. We find out through Gideon, he finally gets, the angel appears to him, tells him, you know, he gives him every excuse in the book why he can't be that man of valor. You've got the wrong guy, and you may have thought that man. Don't he, he, Gideon started, haven't you looked at the circumstances? Surely God has forsaken us. Man, haven't you seen what's going on? The angel's just sitting there rolling his eyes. He's like, well, are you done yet with all your excuses? Gideon's like, man, everything's falling apart. Our country's falling apart. My family's falling apart. I'm hiding over here in the wine press. I ain't getting anything done. Nothing is happening. There seems to be no plan of God. He has forsaken us completely. And now here you come with a message trying to tell me I'm a man of valor. The angel looked at him and said, more or less, are you done? He said, the Lord is with you, Gideon. Thou mighty man of valor. See, God sees, God sees what's in you, not what's happening around you. God doesn't want you to put your eyes on the circumstances around your current situation. Somebody needs to hear me because, and here's the word the Lord gave me. I'm going to find it so I don't mess it up. And I say it just like the Lord gave it to me. Where are you? It's coming. Somebody pray, I'll find it. This is the word the Lord gave me for you. This was a specific, in all my 18 pages, this is one word I've got circled right here that was for someone in this, many in this house this morning. But you are intimidated by the very enemy you are supposed to defeat. You are intimidated by the very enemy that he has commissioned you to defeat. I'm telling you, you, get to, you need to rise up right here, right now. Declare that the enemy will not have your family, will not have your home, will not distress you any longer. Gideon finally, after he put a fleece out there, just like a good old Pentecostal Christian, he had to have a fleece. He had to have a sign. He didn't have to have one sign. He had to have two signs. But when it finally came back and God had given him the sign he needed, he said, now I know that the Lord is with me. And then that man of valor rose up. Let me tell you, there is a man, there is a woman of valor inside you waiting to come out. It's waiting. What's it waiting on? It's waiting for you to finally say, you know what? I trust him. I hear him. I know that he's in charge. And I am going to give myself that when Gideon finally did that, God led him to fight all his enemies. They were many more in number than they, he had in an army. As a matter of fact, all he had was a, a few thousand. But 22,000 were sent home. 10 more thousand were sent home again. And then he was left with 300 people. And God said, now you got enough people. And so he took those 300 people, marched them around a big circle, around the millions 
of those who were attacked against them. And there in that forest right there with a little clay pot, a light, and a trumpet, he was able to defeat his army. God will take whatever you've got in your hand, and he is going to smash and defeat the enemy that is standing in front of you and your family and your destiny. Do you believe that this morning? This is a better message than I'm getting across, I know. But God wants you to be the, he wants you to be the captain. He wants you to be the victor. There's a man of valor inside you waiting to come out and be the super man, a woman of valor that God has intended you to be. Stand with me this morning and I'll shut up. You are supposed to defeat this enemy. Do not give up. Do not give in. Do not lay down. Do not get in the mullet grubs. Sit down in, dis in de defeat and discouragement. The greatest weapon the enemy has against a Christian is getting you to the place where you are discouraged. If he's got you discouraged, he's already got you. He leaves you alone. Well, you let discouragement you a child of God. Don't you let the discouragement get you down. Why are you letting the enemy defeat you like that? You haven't even been in a real battle with him over this situation. You've just been wrestling in your mind. And you're ready to throw in the towel and give up. It's just been a battle in your mind. And you're because you've been defeated, discouraged-wise, that weapon has worked. You are supposed to defeat this enemy that stands in your path. I know it. I have never felt it more clearly, Chris, in my life than I do right now. I know I'm supposed to be a victor. I'm supposed to be a champion. I may not look like much to you, but I feel the Lord has called me to be a champion. I'm not the strongest guy in the box. I'm not the smartest guy. But I can tell you this, I felt his spirit, Ruth, early this morning. And I know that the Lord is with me. I know he kept me on that highway. You can think all day long, oh, that was just the way it all turned out. I spent hours praising God and thanking him that he, I, I didn't want to be sitting this weekend planning my buddy's funeral. I didn't want to be planning Cameron's funeral. I didn't want them to be lost. I didn't want to, to be worry about the tragedy and to worry about what this could have been had we not been fighting and had there not been intercession. I'm telling you, you give up now, you're going to leave yourself to the... To the uh, chances. You're going to leave yourself to just whatever happens. And the enemy wants to get you in the spot where you are so defeated and so discouraged that you give up. But if you will mark it right now, today is the day I stand flat-footed against the enemy and he will not defeat me. He will not discourage me. I will not be put down. I will not be weak. I will not hide. I will stand against the very devil himself to fight for my family and for the work that God has called me to do. If you'll stand this morning, I'm telling you, you're going to... This service right here is going to set some folks up for some major victory. If you'll, if you'll, if you'll hear this, if you'll, if you'll grab this, embrace this, this message is going to turn your circumstances upside down. And it'll happen the moment you walk through that door. Man, I feel him. It's going to happen the moment you walk through this door. I want every one of you that will, you'd say, man, 
the enemy has tried to discourage me, tried to defeat me, tried to make me think I'm not a man or a woman of valor. He's tried to make me think I'm doomed to my circumstances. I have felt the fight. I have felt the attack. But I want to stand today and agree with you, Pastor, that I am more than a victor through Jesus Christ. If that's you, get out. Meet me in the altar as quickly as you can. Quickly as you can. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We will not be defeated. We will not be defeated. Are you coming in victory today? Somebody says, man, this church is kind of crazy. You better believe it. We're crazy for the Lord. I'm nuts because I believe that he's more than just a religion. I'm so sick of looking at religious people. I'm so sick at looking at a whole bunch of junk that doesn't amount to nothing, do nothing, or change anybody's life. Has your life been changed by this power? My life has been changed by the power. I know that God is real and His Spirit is real and I'm living inside that victory this morning. I want it for every one of you. I want you to very gently, if you would, just make a connection. Put your hand on someone's shoulder standing there beside of you. I want us to pray for our brothers and sisters right now. I'm believing God to give you victory. I'm believing the Lord to turn your life around. I'm believing Him to give you a brand new, fresh start, starting right here, right now in this house today. Would you do that? Pray for one another. Strengthen one another in the Spirit. Let God use you and minister through you right here, right now. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for victory. We thank you, Lord, for the word that comes to us today. We're supposed to defeat our enemy. We're not to be defeated by him. But God, we are the head and not the tail. We are the victorious, holy overcomers through your blood. We thank you for this truth today. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We honor you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you praying for your children? Are you praying for your family? Are you taking this word to your heart? Embrace the words of God. You are supposed to defeat this enemy. You are not to be overcome. You are not to be defeated. You are not to be discouraged. You are to defeat this enemy. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, I feel impressed to the Spirit to ask this today. Are you here and, and you need to make things right with Jesus? You don't, you can't really move forward in this relationship with Him because you've not made Him your Lord. Perhaps you need him to be your savior this morning. I want to pray a prayer with you that accepts Jesus into your heart. 
that literally will write your name in the Lamb's book of life and set you into the family of God this morning. If you're here today and you need that prayer for your life, you need things to be right with God, would you just slip your hand up and write back down in this class. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You. Thank you. Amen. God bless you, sir. Several hands going up. Christians are praying. Anyone else? All these other folks have lifted their hand. Is there anyone else? I want things right with me and Jesus. I need things right with me and the Lord. Amen. God bless you, son. God bless you guys. Amen. I see you. God bless you. So many hands. So many hearts. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray a prayer right now for all of you. We're going to walk up there with you right to the throne of grace. It's a prayer that's not magic. But if you pray this from your heart, then God promises in his word that he will save your soul. That's not my words, that's his. The Bible says if a man or woman believes in their heart that he's the son of God, that he died and rose from the dead, if you believe that, then you confess that with your mouth, which you, you just did by lifting your hand, and you're going to say this prayer out loud. You're going to make a confession. You, and you believe it in your heart. The Bible says you are saved. You're born again. So we're going to pray right now. As you believe it, you're ready to confess it. Let's all pray together. Church, will you help me? Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. You are the Son of God. There is no other. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. I make you Lord of my life. I accept you today. Strengthen me. Be with me until you come for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Melissa Grawl, lift your hand real high. Melissa's our discipleship pastor. If you made that decision for the Lord, she's going to be out in the lobby at, right after service. Would you go by? She wants to give you a Bible, give you a gift, get some information from you so that we can help you. Be planted correctly in your new relationship with Jesus. She will not ask for blood. She will ask for no offering. All she wants is to give you something. All right? So go by and see Melissa. Thank you and God bless you. Amen. We are more than conquerors through Jesus. Amen? Amen. God bless you. As you, as you go out today, we want to remind you that out in the lobby, there is a place. If you're interested in the Higher Hoops program, you can sign up out there. Also... Next week, the Children's Church will be open down in the new addition, so there'll be no more gym, no more checking out here. It'll be all be down in the new area. Thank you. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.